Welcome back to Around the 412. I am Tyler, and we are part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Without me today is Smitty. Uh, He was not able to make it to this recording, but that's okay. I've been absent in the past few recordings as well. So we'll make it work. But Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022. I hope that everybody had a great time celebrating the holidays, and I hope that 2022 is a great year for all of us, uh, including all the Pittsburgh sports teams. The Penguins are on an eight-game winning streak going into 2022. They won on Sunday against the Sharks, 8-5. to five. There were two hat-tricks in that game. Brian Russ, Evan Rodriguez. It was a great game to be a part of, but unfortunately... My mind can only go to football around this time. And on Sunday, the Steelers did not get any help whatsoever in their playoff hunt. We were hoping for some AFC North losses along the way between the Ravens and the Bengals. We got one with the Ravens, but the Bengals ended up beating the Chiefs. And they end up clinching the AFC North just as we all predicted. That's right, folks. The AFC North Cincinnati Bengals are the champions. And I got to say, I'm very impressed with that team in general. Going into the year, I had them finishing fourth right behind the Steelers. And their offense, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I knew they had the weapons. I know they have Joe Burrow. But they didn't really improve the offensive line like they were hoping. They took a guy like Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. But it seemed to have worked out. Um, Joe Burrow manages to have a knee by the end of the year, which is always a good thing. And the offense was clicking. And even the defense, the defense to me was the main problem of the Bengals moving forward. I I just didn't think that they had the, the capabilities of being a championship level team. Clearly I and many others We're wrong about that team, so congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals on winning the AFC North. That means they have clinched a playoff spot. Now, unfortunately for the Steelers, it just got a lot harder for them to make the playoffs. The hopes are still alive, but it just got a lot harder. So if we were hoping that the Bengals would lose out, the Ravens would lose out, and then the way it works with the Steelers having that tie, if they ended up with the same record, then they would get in just because instead of having the loss, they would have the extra tie. But now with that being said, they are fighting for a, there's two spots to be had and they're fighting with the Colts, the chargers, the Raiders and themselves to get the two spots. And the only way that they can get in is they have to win out. So they have to win tonight against the Cleveland Browns, and then they have to win next week against the Baltimore Ravens. And then they have to hope the Jags, the 2-14 and 14 Jags, are able to upset the Indianapolis Colts, who have been pretty hot lately. And then we have to hope the Chargers and the Raiders game does not end in a tie. And if that manages to happen, somehow, some way. This bum of a team is going to find themselves into the postseason this year. But honestly, folks, let's be real. They don't deserve it. This team, week in and week out, has been so hot and cold, so 
underwhelming yet sometimes they're so impressive with what they've been doing and i think the only reason it's impressive is because of how bad we have seen them play this year going back to earlier this year i thought this team was a dumpster fire i thought that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the nfl through the first three to four weeks of the season and they were proving me right for a while but then they went on a little winning streak and managed to actually get back to a winning record, believe it or not. I don't know how they did it. It was just a facade. Because ever since then, I, I'm, I'm certain it had to do with their, their opposition as well. But some weeks, they look like they can be real. Some t- weeks, they just look awful, like they did last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, granted, a lot of teams look awful against the Chiefs, but the Steelers didn't even look like they showed up to the stadium. I think that the Steelers this year, and as Smitty has alluded to on previous shows, they really needed the defense to step up if they wanted any contention for a playoff spot for the division, whatever you want to say. They needed the defense to carry them along the way. They needed to be at least a top 10 unit, if not better, And going into the season, we thought that they had the capabilities to do so. We thought that, okay, just because we lose guys like Steven Nelson, Bud Dupree, Vince Williams are tired, we thought we were able to replace those. We got brought in Joe Sherbert. We have Alex Highsmith coming in to start. Um, We moved Cam Sutton to the outside. We were hoping some young guys in the secondary would step up. Those things didn't happen. And it's not that all the players played back poorly that, that replaced these players that we had been missing. I think it's that the lack of depth was very evident this season on the defensive side of the ball. I, I feel like they need to improve their depth moving forward on the, on the defense because, let's face it, folks, the defense has not been helping them any. We thought the offense was going to struggle a little bit. And through the first uh, five or six games, it looked like the offense was really the only problem, but we quickly found out the defense could not stop the run whatsoever. The defense was quickly turning into the one that was keeping them out of games. And I, I think that they really need to improve this offseason, personnel-wise and just scheme-wise. Maybe Keith Butler needs to go. I, I don't think that... It's that much of a hot take to say that he has had an extended amount of time in Pittsburgh that probably isn't so deserving. Um, and a lot of the skill that he's had, especially over the past couple of years, probably has uh, masked what his actually scheme is and how, how poor of a defensive coordinator he actually is. But moving on to the offensive side of the ball, I know whether that's a, been a lot of the biggest headache for this team moving forward. And for this season, the O-line, I, what what can I say? It needs to be pretty much completely revamped. Is Kendrick Green going to stay at center? Should he move to guard? I mean, he, he played like four games at center in college. He's done okay, below average. Mm, I don't even know if he's done okay at center. The guards... Really, the tackles. What can I say? The whole line as a whole—it's just 
so underwhelming. I, I didn't know that it was going to be this bad. I don't think any of us did. We knew that they were going to be ha- having some young guys. We knew that they were going to be inexperienced. We probably weren't expecting guys like Dan Moore Jr. to have to start for the majority of the year. But sometimes you get thrown into the fire, and that's the best way to learn. But we were not able to get the best out of that unit. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to be terrible moving forward. There's still a lot of room to grow. But I think that in the next year, whether it's through free agency, trades, drafts, whatever it is, they need to improve that offensive line. Moving on to Matt Canada, he needs to go. I'm sorry. I I understand the excuse that Ben is not the right quarterback to fit a Matt Canada system. But if you are an NFL offensive coordinator, you should be able to move your system to fit any quarterback, any offense. It doesn't matter that you need a mobile quarterback for your offensive system to work the way you would like it. You need to be able to adjust. And if you can't, then you shouldn't be in the NFL. I'm sorry. I was hoping that Matt Canada was going to be good. And it's not that he didn't have a lot of help um, because he didn't. I mean, the offensive line limit, 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 or limitabilities. What word am I trying to say? I have no idea. Uh, But the offensive line, they did not help him any. He has a 39 year old quarterback, but I just think he needs to go. Uh, we need to get into help for Najee Harris. I don't think there's much behind him. Uh, Anthony McFarland, Benny Snell. I mean, those are depth guys, but those are I don't think those are really your RB two type of level guys. I think that we need to find some cha- or Najee Harris some help because otherwise you're just going to run the brakes off of him. And obviously he's still going to be the number one back, but I just think you need to find him a nice breather guy. The the guy that could come in and not just get no gain or lose yards or one yard. You need a guy that can actually be productive behind him. And what are we going to do with the wide receivers this off season? We don't know what's going to happen with Juju Smith-Schuster. We thought he was going to be gone after next or last year, but He's back. He only played in a few games, tore the shoulder. Is he going to be back next year? Hard to say. Should he even want to come back? Ben's retiring. That seems like that was one of the only reasons he did come back. Same thing, James Washington. If if I'm the Steelers, or if, if I'm the Steelers, I should want James Washington. But if I'm James Washington, why do I want the Steelers? What have they done for me? And Chase Claypool. He's so frustrating because not only the mental side of the ball and what his limit limit abilities are with that, but he this dude is so talented, he just can't put it all together. And then obviously we have Deontay Johnson, Pat Frymuth. I'm 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 fine with them. They're they're fine. Uh. Folks, it's just it's tough moving forward because we thought that the biggest problem this year was going to be our 39-year-old quarterback. And at the end of the day, you could probably say that him coming back was a huge problem, but not because he was the worst part of the team. It's because it did not help the team having been on the team this year. 
they should have had the draft pick that they wanted to. They should have just went and tanked and done whatever. Ben should have been gone, but I, I know his skill was able to keep them in games. Not to say he was a great quarterback. He definitely has not been the old Ben that we all love and know this season, but he's kept them in some of their games. He's made some plays this year. I just think that we thought that's what was going to be the big problem. And it turned out that this team has a lot more problems than what we thought. And I just don't think it's going to be an easy fix. I think the Steelers are going to be in for a few rough years. And this is me saying that after saying that they're still in a playoff spot, but or not in a playoff spot, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Believe it or not, after all of that, they still managed to have a chance with two weeks left. But who knows? And honestly, at this point, who cares? Because you have Ben Roethlisberger, who for anybody who's a Steeler fan this week said it is likely that this is going to be the last time he plays the Heinz field. And as a Steeler fan, that's pretty emotional. Um, so who really cares about the playoffs? What happens the rest of the season? I, I think we just, just cherish the time with Ben and you know what? Let's talk about Ben. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back on Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Talk Podcast Network, and we will talk about Ben Roethlisberger and what he's meant to me and what he's meant to a lot of Steeler fans moving forward. And welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, and right now we are going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger because it looks like tonight is going to be his final night as the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. I can only imagine what that place is going to sound like tonight because let me just let's just take it back. Ben was drafted in 2004. I was born in 1995. And I know for a lot of you, that might seem pretty young. A lot of you, might, that might seem pretty old. But for me, I was nine years old when Ben was drafted as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback in the 2004 draft with the 11th pick. For So for me, Ben has been my quarterback for pretty much my entire life. I've Barely remember Cordell Stewart that much. I kind of remember watching Tommy Maddox. But for every big moment of my Steelers fandom, it's always been Ben. And we are so lucky that we drafted him and had the opportunity to be able to watch him for the past 17 plus years. Because it is not... So it's not easy to get a franchise quarterback. The Steelers themselves went about 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. And in those 20 years, sure, the Steelers had some good seasons, but did they have a franchise quarterback? Absolutely not. 
I just don't think people realize how rough it is going to be for the next few years. And well, I say a few years, hoping it's only a few years. We have no idea how long it's going to take the Steelers to find their next guy, their next big Ben, if that's even possible. I just want someone that can come even remotely close to the level of play that we got from Ben Roethlisberger as the franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, our coveted franchise. No Super Bowls, 25 years apart. Ben comes in, second year wins a Super Bowl. I mean, what kind of story is that? That early in his career, he won a Super Bowl. The Steelers were so lucky, and he should have won more. I'll say, There's no way. You're telling me the Killer Bees never won a Super Bowl. That defense held them back. And when the defense was good, the offense held them back, but it wasn't always Ben. But Ben Roethlisberger has meant so much to this franchise. He's the best quarterback in franchise history. I don't care you old heads that say Terry Bradshaw has four four Super Bowls. He was a better quarterback. No. Ben is far and away the better quarterback. Ben is one of the best out-of-pocket quarterbacks of all time. And he is probably the most underappreciated quarterback of this quarterback era because he had to play with guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. He is on those guys' level in terms of talent at the quarterback position. And the Steelers are lucky that they have him. And they need to cherish him for at least two more games. Now, we know Ben. Maybe this is just a facade. Maybe this actually isn't the last we see of him. Who knows? But all signs, like he said, are pointing to this being the end of it. And you, you got to think, this is one of the biggest retirements in Pittsburgh sports history. And that's not a hyperbole. I mean, he, he's the, the all-time franchise quarterback. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the biggest retirement in Pittsburgh sports since Mario. Big Ben retiring is going to be one of the biggest retirements in the, of the past decade. And I know 2022, we're only a few years into this current decade. But you know, over the past 10 years, he's going to be one of the biggest guys to leave the league. Because of what he was as a quarterback for his time. And... He's definitely – I wouldn't put him on my Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh athletes, but he is so close. He's like right there. He's honorable mention because for me, the Steelers' position is uh, is Joe Green. But when you're thinking about guys who are tired since Ben – or between Ben Roethlisberger and Mary Lemieux, who's had the impact that Ben Roethlisberger had? I think the only one that comes close – is Troy Polamalu. But even then, Troy wasn't Ben. It is what it is. So, I just think that we need to cherish what we have and hope that tonight, Ben Roethlisberger does what he's done his entire career and beats the Cleveland Browns one last time. And if he manages to beat the Baltimore Ravens next week, whether we get the playoff spot or not, It is so highly unlikely that I don't think anybody should care. I think that we need to just watch Ben 
and know this is it. Appreciate what we have one last time. No matter win or lose, even if he plays terribly, just cherish seeing him in a Steeler uniform because you are probably never going to see it again. But on that note, I figured since it looks like it's the end, I would go through my top five most memorable or top five moments of Ben Big Ben's career. This isn't the top five plays of his career, just top five moments. Um, but they happen to all be plays, but you know. But number five, I'll start with the 2011 AFC Championship game for me. Uh, on the third and 19, he makes a 52-yard pass or 58-yard pass. I forget which one. To Antonio Brown, sets the Steelers up inside the five against the Baltimore Ravens, of course. The Steelers were tied 24-24 to 24 at that moment. There was about two minutes left in the game. And they set themselves up inside the five-yard line on third and 19. And they end up winning that AFC Championship game 31-24. And they head to their third Super Bowl in six years, I believe. They ended up didn't end up winning the Super Bowl. But that play itself was amazing and what is one of the best moments of Big Ben's career, in my opinion. Number four. We're going to Super Bowl 40. So I will give you the play itself, but part of the moment that I'm talking about is just winning Super Bowl 40. The Steelers had not won a Super Bowl in the last 25 years, and this was the end of a drought for this franchise. And it also tied the Steelers for the most Super Bowl wins in the NFL. And the play that I was going to bring up is the third and 28 play that they made to set up the scoring drive where Ben runs it in to Heinz Ward. They're able to get first and goal. And everybody knows Ben, the little bootleg run and a lot of controversy on that play, but Seahawks fans, you can cry about it. I don't care. That is one of the top moments, just the whole game in general, but that play winning the Super Bowl 40, ending the Super Bowl drought for the franchise. It was awesome. So that's number four. Number three, I think this is one of the best quarterback moments. And I mean quarterback, not just Steelers quarterback, quarterback moments in history. 2014, Ben Roethlisberger throws six touchdowns in back-to-back games against the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. He has never done that before. He had never thrown six touchdowns in a game before. He had only thrown five. And no quarterback in the history of the league up to that point and I believe still has ever done that. He threw 522 yards against the Indianapolis Colts, six touchdowns, 340 yards against a week later against the Baltimore Ravens, six touchdowns. And the best thing of all, between both games, no interceptions. One of the best quarterback performances in back-to-back weeks that you will ever see. Number two. And I feel like one and two, for most people, at least in my opinion, should be pretty obvious. But just in case, I was just going to say that. Number two, the tackle in the 2005-6, whatever you want to call it, 2005-2006, AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts. The tackle against Nick Parker. 
whenever the Steelers look like they're going to score the touchdown, they're going to clinch the game. The handoff to, to Jerome Bettis. Bettis ends up fumbling. And Ben is able to track Nick Parker as he's he has to run away from him, but be able to have the consciousness to know where he's at, turn around, make the Sue string tackle. That is one of Ben's biggest moments in the career. It's one of the biggest moments in Steelers history. And I know I don't know if this is a hot take, but without that play, Jerome Bettis is not a Hall of Famer. They don't end up winning the Super Bowl that year against the, the Seattle Seahawks. I just think that that play was huge on multiple levels. And the fact that it wasn't even like a typical quarterback play, but that's my number two play, that just speaks volumes about how big that play was for the Steelers and for Big Ben. And number one, folks, I feel like it's obvious. I feel like everybody has this as number one for Big Ben moments. This Antonio Holmes end zone, back of the end zone catch, what can I say? That won that Super Bowl. It's one of the best plays in Super Bowl history, but it is the best play in Ben Roethlisberger. His Ben Roethlisberger history as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I just think that the play itself, the way it ended up, game-winning drive, and th- the fact that people still think that Santonio Holmes didn't have two feet down. Are you kidding me? Just just watch the play, folks. Zoom in. He had two feet down. It was an incredible moment. There was a lot of incredible moments in that Super Bowl. And you could argue that that wasn't even the biggest moment in that game. But it was the biggest moment of Ben Roethlisberger's career. Far and away. But yeah, that's the top five for me. Personally, let me know what you think. Let me know if you would change anything, what you would add in. I know there's some people talking about uh, the Mike Wallace catch against the Packers. I consider that. That would probably be like my number six, number seven. You know, there's a lot of great moments in Ben Roethlisberger's career. But that was my top five. Let me know what you think. Let me know in the comments. Tweet at me. Uh, Tweet it around the 412. And what can I say? We got to cherish Ben Roethlisberger, folks. We get him for two more games at least, and that's probably it. Also, shout out to the Cleveland Browns for drafting Kellen Winslow in 2004. You poverty franchise, you passed on Ben Roethlisberger whenever he was in your backyard growing up. What a poverty franchise. Thank you, Cleveland. Ben Roethlisberger is your father. I'm Tyler. Thank you for listening to Around the 412. We are part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, and I'll see you next time.